What? College matters. What? College, college matters. matters. Really? For sure. College matters. Alma, Alma matters. matters. Art museum at my school does this one thing where you can take um, home to like your apartment or like wherever you live in the dorm. You can take home an art piece that usually like is a part of the museum, which is so yeah. cool. Um, the art museum at my school is called the Tang Tang Art Museum, and mm -hmm. so my friends and I uh, last year got to line up the night before we camped out in front of the museum. Because we really wanted to get access to a Matisse, mm -hmm. a Picasso, and wow. a Moreau. That is Adriana Quibus, a Goldwater scholar who's pursuing a bachelor's degree in chemistry with biochemistry concentration at Skidmore College in Pennsylvania. Hello, I'm your host, Venkatraman. Adriana came to the U.S. when she was 10 years old from Romania. While she had a lot of catching up to do, her determination and competitive spirit helped her. She was a science nerd in high school. Earth science, geology, biology were her favorites. She was into languages, music, photography, and she was on the varsity tennis team. Adriana cut her teeth in research at a two-year research program in her high school. Above all, she really wanted to be a doctor. Adriana joins our podcast to share her undergraduate experience at Skidmore, undergraduate research in computational biophysics, winning the Goldwater Scholarship, majoring in chemistry, and advice for high schoolers. Now, before we jump into the podcast, here are the high fives, five highlights from the podcast. I wanted to dream big, but also financial realities also like, you know, get in the way of that. And sure, so sure. I applied to um, a bunch of scholarships to like everywhere I applied, including the Porter Wackenheim scholarship at Skidmore. And mm -hmm. um, I ended up being a, a recipient of that um, scholarship, which made it also financially possible for me to attend um, Skidmore. And then also to just wrap it all up, I guess, I really like their motto, um, Creative Thought Matters. And so talking to my linear algebra professor, um, as I said, being at a small school allows you to talk to your professors, which is wonderful. Um, she she recommended me look into computational research. And so I thought, okay, let me Google computational research at Skidmore College, see if anything comes up. And I literally did that on Google. And the first thing that popped up was the lab that I'm actually in today, um, the computational biophysics lab research group at Skidmore, and mm -hmm. looked into their research. Um, and I, I kind of just felt like I, I had to be in that lab, you know, I had to. Um, and so, and so, yeah, in the, in the future, I really want to be able to stand at this, this edge of translational medicine and, and be able to, um, create better drugs and, and therapeutics using molecular dynamic simulations. Um, 
yeah it, it helped with that you know like as, as I said someone believed in me someone saw this application they were like yeah she's got something going for her um she can do this <laughs> um and so now I believe that more it helped me help me grow help me become more confident and I like that yeah, there's so many there's so many things I wish I could have told myself if I could meet myself, if I yeah. could meet my younger self. And the first thing I would tell myself would be to not stress out so much. It's really not worth it. I remember the many sleepless nights um, in call in high school where I was wondering, you know, what's gonna become of me? Where am I gonna go to college? What am I gonna do with my life? These were the high fives brought to you by. College matters. Alma matters. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For my newsletter, visit almamatters.substack.com. Now, I'm sure you want to hear the entire podcast with Adriana. So without further ado, here is Adriana Quibus. If you're ready, we can jump right in. Yeah, of course. Looking forward to talking about it with you. Um, and so I guess just to start off with the overview of my college experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's really been a ride looking back on it. I went through the first two years of um, COVID college, as yep. I call it. And so um, it was it was a really interesting time to start off. Um, my first day of class from my dorm room. <laughs> um, yeah. um, but I also really appreciated that the fact that my college started um, in person. So I was able to move into a dorm. I was lucky in that mm-hmm. regard. Um, and so, yeah, th- those were the first two years were, were very different than I guess the, the traditional view of what I had anticipated college being. Um, but in the same way, I think Skidmore College um, also made the most effort they could to make things as like normal as possible for us. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, overall, I guess it was it was weird first two years, but also also I also appreciate the fact that they tried their hardest to to make things as normal as possible for us, yeah. So maybe you should tell us why you went to Skidmore. Why'd you go there? Um, yeah, so that's a really great question. I had a couple of ideas going to my college search, um, but it was really overwhelming, I remember, as a high schooler. I wasn't really set on any school. Mm-hmm. Just because I feel like it was this aspect of, like, you know, wanting to keep my options open, um, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. also has become a very central theme, theme in my life since. Um, <laughs> and so my high school had these presentations at the time uh, where they would bring in like people from like all over the country to talk about colleges, like from those specific colleges. And mm-hmm. this was before COVID. So everything was normal at the beginning of my senior year, just to give like the time reference. Senior right, year of my right. high school was really when like things started towards the end with COVID. At the beginning, things were normal. So we were still able to have these presentations. And then someone from Skidmore came in and um, presented on the school. And, you know, like all those really basic things that you hear about colleges, like Skidmore is a small school and the class size and the student to teacher ratio. And I really liked all of those ideas. You know, I could really mm-hmm. picture myself being in that small academic setting. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they also had, you know, research. They give us like this catalog of all their courses. And I, I really liked all the courses. I remember like getting the catalog, like bringing it home and circling all the courses I would want to take if I went there, you know? So it was really like yeah, yeah. this big like realization of like kind of wanting a smaller, smaller school and Skidmore was, was able to offer that. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, another reality of college is the financial side. And so my family told me from the beginning, okay, yeah, you can go obviously to um, any college that you want to. And we encourage you to apply anywhere you want to go. But um, we have to be able to afford it. And so um, I wanted to dream big, but also financial realities also like, you know, get in the way of that. And so. I applied to um, a bunch of scholarships to like everywhere I applied, including the Porter Wackenheim scholarship at Skidmore. And Mm -hmm. um, I ended up being a a recipient of that um, scholarship, which made it also financially possible for me to attend um, Skidmore. And then also to just wrap it all up, I guess, I really like their motto, um, creative thought matters. Um, Yeah. I think that's also a really crucial part of you know, being a human and a scientist and all that and all the other facets to our identity. So, um, yeah, also re- really resonated with their motto there. Before we go any further, uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about what you were like in high school. What was that experience like? What were your interests? Yeah. Um, and so in high school, I would say in some ways it's how I am today in a lot of ways and in a lot of ways mm-hmm. I'm different. Um, I was a science nerd since day one. <laughs> I took my first earth science class um, in eighth grade, which isn't technically high school, but it was like a high, high school level class. Um, uh-huh. I loved that class. Um, I still remember what I learned in it. Um, loved everything that had to do with the earth, you know, learning about the weather, geology, um, just all of it. I fell in love. I wouldn't stop talking about it. Like my parents got sick of me talking about that class. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I took an advanced geology course. Um, and that was really cool and fun to think about, you know, how the earth is made. Um, and then took advanced math classes, biology classes. But I wasn't just, you know, science. I also really loved my language classes, playing music in the orchestra, um, being on the tennis varsity team, taking photos for you know, my AP photography class. So um, I think high school was able, able to really, um, you know, enrich all of, all of the aspects of um, my identity. Um, and so, yeah, that's also similar to what Skidmore does to me today. I know we mm-hmm. weren't talking about Skidmore, but it's similar in those ways. Um, and then I was also lucky because in high school, I got to have my first science research experience. So in mm. 11th grade of high school my high school has this two-year research program um, where you can start off with preparing to find like a research opportunity in 11th grade and then you do Mm -hmm. the research during that summer in between junior and senior year and then Mm -hmm. senior year you write about the research and then you present at several competitions and so you know that was really the first makeshift research experience I never really knew what research um, was made of and all the different aspects to research and so I did um just like a small review on I think my project was called epi- epi- dissecting the epigenetic um therapeutics or something like that and I looked into epigenetic mm-hmm. therapeutics and why the FDA like hadn't approved so many even though it's such a valuable field 
Um, mm -hmm. And so that was, that was a cool project, made me think about wanting to do research. Um, and yeah, I was lucky because I think I was able to, as I said, maintain a lot of the same interests throughout, throughout college. Um, oh, that's, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and I don't know, also to talk a little bit about some challenges because it wasn't also just really easy for me in high school. It, there sure. were hard times as well, um, especially with being an immigrant. So I, I came to America when I was in fourth grade and um, there were lots of things that I didn't know, I guess, going into high school and all the classes that I, maybe like I was supposed to take, I wasn't supposed to take the, the teachers that I was supposed to have that I wasn't supposed to have. Um, and so that was also a, a factor into into my high school experience, yeah. Now, um, were you able to compensate for that uh, experience in high school, or you know, how did you how did you manage that? Were there any um, you know things that were made easy by the school, or how, how did you kind of take care of it? Yeah, so I think the school um, did a lot of things to try to help out with that. So we had guidance counseling. And my guidance counselor, of course, would like advise me each year and like what I should take, what I shouldn't take. Um, so that was helpful. Honestly, talking to my peers was helpful. Some of their parents were like on boards of education and things like that. So it it just be like things you hear you hear back from other people. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, not having parents who went to college in America um, really played a role in that too, because my parents were never able to you know tell me oh yeah, like to get into this college, you have to do X, Y, and Z, or um, like they, they're not alma mater in America. So it, it really makes a difference, you know? Um, so I was, I had to rely kind of on myself from mm -hmm. a very young age and then build that resilience up from there. But here you are, you were accepted at Skidmore, you have a scholarship. Um, what was that transition like from high school to college? Yeah, um, that transition was, it was, it was good. It was, it was also challenging. Yeah, I remember um, feeling really scared to go to college to, um, to go from, you know, my sheltered kind of high school life to having mm -hmm. to go to, I guess, a bigger setting. Um, and so, one thing that I was afraid of was, you know, COVID. How was that going to impact my college experience? As I mentioned mm -hmm. at the beginning, like everything was kind of shut down. And so I was right. worried about, you know, the social aspects to things. Was I going to be able to make friends? Is anyone going to like me? Um, all those all those things that I guess are is normal to worry about, but there were real fears. Um, and then it was like, second thing, the academic th side, side of things. And so I mentioned that in high school, I liked a lot of things. Um, and so I was really about, you know, what was I going to choose? Like narrowing down all those academic interests. I liked all of those courses that I listed that I took in, mm -hmm. in high school. Right. And so right. that was also a key factor into why I wanted to choose a college like Skidmore, uh, because they were able to offer, you know, the, the opportunity for me to take classes in, in math and geology and biology, because I thought I wanted to you know become all these things but in reality I wanted I had to make a choice um and so that was another thing that I I found myself worried about like 
having to narrow down to academic interest at one point. Um, so those, those were two kind of main things coming into college, COVID and then the academic interest. How did you find your classmates and your peers? I mean, what, was, what were they like? Mm. Yeah, um, I thought everyone was really nice coming into, into college and, uh, you know, transitioning from that awkward period of, of high school where everyone kind of stays with their friends and their cliques. I found the opposite in college, actually. I thought everyone was very open. Everyone wanted to, you know, be friendly, make friends. And I really, that was really comforting from the beginning. Um, mm -hmm. That was a really great setting to be in for me. Um, and so I really liked um, all of the people that I met in my first year. I still have some really close friends from that. And then there's this one class at Skidmore that you have to take as a first year. It's called the Scribner Seminar. And mm -hmm. it's really made to, um, you know, help you create those first bonds and friendships at Skidmore and have an academic advisor as the person who is the professor that's teaching that class. And so through that seminar, mine was called Climate Science and History. So basically how climate has affected and shaped the his human history. Um, yeah. And that was a really cool class. But also it made me um, be able to make some really close friendships. And some friends from that class are some of my best friends in college today. And so I really appreciated that about Skidmore. Like even though it was COVID and it was hard to meet people, um, having those classes, they really tried to keep those freshman freshman year's classes in person so people could meet each other and still, you know, make friends, even though, yeah, COVID. In terms of my professors, I also found that they were really interested in talking to, to us and they were really interested in, you know, getting to know us and to advise us. And I really appreciated that because I know I wanted to go into college um, to find mentors. And I think that's exactly what a small school like Skidmore will allow you to do very, very early on to find those mentors um, and establish those relationships from the get-go. It was mm -hmm. incredible for me. How did you discover research in college? I know you did some research in school. Were you looking for it? Were you actively looking for it? Or was it sort of one of these things that just happened? Yeah, so with research, um, I came into college thinking I was going to be a medical doctor, like just straight on wanting to do pre-med kind of, that was mm -hmm. kind of in the back of my head. Um, just because it was something that I thought I wanted to do since I was very young. So I was like, mm -hmm. okay, I know I like all these interests, but in the back of my mind, I was like, I'll probably become a doctor. So I'll take pre-med classes. Mm -hmm. um, but then um, I had the experience of taking a, linear algebra class in my first uh -huh. in my first year of college and mm -hmm. um i really became fascinated with um the intersection of biology and mathematics i thought mm -hmm. um that some of the world's you know most complicated problems in biology are only going to have solutions with with mathematics with computation um all of that so i really wanted to become involved with that because because my two main interests were really, if I had to boil them down at that point and, you know, narrowing down those interests, um, yeah. it was bio and math. And I wanted to see if there was an intersection of the two. 
And so talking to my linear algebra professor, um, as I said, being at a small school allows you to talk to your professors, which is wonderful. Um, she, she recommended me look into computational research. And so I thought, okay, let me Google computational research at Skidmore College, see if anything comes up. And I literally did that on Google. And the first thing that popped up was the lab that I'm actually in today, um, the computational biophysics lab research group at Skidmore and mm -hmm. looked into their research. Um, and I, I kind of just felt like I, I had to be in that lab. You know, I had to learn more about this world that I had no idea about. Um, mm -hmm. And so that was that was kind of how I, yeah, I first wanted to to start doing research. So what did you do? What, what was that experience like? Yeah, so um, it consisted of, of me sending out an email to my mm -hmm. professor. That's, mm -hmm. that's all it was, so sending out one, one email explaining kind of, you know, my interests. I kind of outlined kind of what I talked to you just now about, uh, put it in an email, sent it to my advisor now, Professor, professor Ball. And mm -hmm. she had an initial Zoom call with me, wanted to just talk more about um, just my background. Um, she wanted to introduce her research to me. And from there, it was really, really quick and painless. I was able to join the next semester in her group. And so that was really wonderful, just how quick and simple it was to join. Uh, which, which year was this? Which semester was this now? Um, so I reached out to her during my second semester in my first year okay. so yeah pretty so, pretty early on so what what was the nature of the research just sort of a feel for what you did mm -hmm. yeah so the way um, my lab works at least is she really tries to show show you that research is this independent experience right like no one's there to hold your hand and so right. the first semester um, is modeled by just doing tutorials by yourself. Um, mm -hmm. Because um, as I mentioned, our lab is computational biophysics. And so it's completely computational. We don't do any wet lab or in-person yeah. hands-on research. Um, right. Also called the, the dry lab experience <laughs> <laughs> for anyone who might not know. Um, and so, yeah, since it's a dry lab, um, she created these tutorials where you can learn all of the skills in our lab by yourself on your computer. So you can really take mm -hmm. your take your time with the tutorials, do them, ask questions. I was also paired with a mentor, and so my first my first uh, semester in her lab, I was I really just focused on you know doing those tutorials, learning exactly um, those technical skills that are important in her lab. And so we work with right. molecular dynamic simulations. Um, and I was able to, you know, create some basic simulations by myself with those tutorials. And then at the end of, at the end of those tutorials, I took on like a mini, mini research project from my mentor and did mm -hmm. just a small little segment of it to see that I would, I would be able to carry things out by myself. And so that was my first, that was my first semester. And then the second semester of research, um, things got, um, a little, even more independent. And so I was able to take on um, my own personal project and mm -hmm. um, yeah, pursue it, pursue it from there. So um, this was a project that you defined and uh, uh, started working on or was it something that 
was part of a larger problem um, that you were uh, researching a piece on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, as I mentioned, I did like a small little part in my first semester. And right. so I was able to, you know, take on that project completely because my mentor at the time was also kind of in between two projects. And so he got put on a separate, completely separate project. And so I was just um, kind of continuing on from, from that initial project I started in the first semester. Um, but everything in the lab has, you know, very, very big questions. So people are put, so for example, in on my project, there's about six people who work on it. And then each person kind of has their own independent, you know, question within that. So it's really structured, I would say, in, in the way of a, of a PhD lab, because everyone yeah. has like very independent questions and they're all part of like contributing to like those bigger questions. Yeah. What kind of impact is research having on you? Um, I mean, you've been doing it for now three years, two years, and um, what what kind of you know perceivable impact are you seeing? Mm-hmm. And so, I think I can really answer this question twofold. Like you know, really the academic impact contributing yeah. to, you know, my overall big understanding of science and biology, com- chemistry, computational research, all of that um, comes mm-hmm. into play. Um, sure. And then also, I can also answer it, you know, in terms of what has it done to establish, like, my interests and in what I want to do more yeah. in the future. Sure. Um, so I guess maybe to tackle the first part. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's my research really focuses on understanding the the binding of intrinsically disordered proteins to mm-hmm. um, something called the SH3 domain. And the SH3 domain has many variations that can impact its function and, you know, slight changes in the se- sequence of the domain affect the binding of, of the peptides or also these intrinsically disordered partners. And so... Mm-hmm my research really focuses on understanding um, specifically the binding partner of a specific SH3 domain called the actin binding protein. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also its highest affinity binding partner um, also called RK, Mm -hmm. which is a part, it's a disordered region of the yeast actin patch kinase. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, as I said, it's been shown to have the highest affinity for the for this specific SH3 domain. And so um, I mentioned earlier that I used molecular dynamic simulations to study um, this binding interaction and better understand the specific interactions that affect the folding and binding. Um, And so I would say like big, big picture. I know this sounds like small picture, like what are all these things and how does, how can there be a big picture? But there is, there always, there always, there always is. Um, big picture I think it's given me you know the tools and the ability to really question like what skills do I want to focus on developing and Mm -hmm. how do I want to apply those skills in the future and Mm -hmm. so I mentioned molecular dynamics a a couple of times but I think I can quickly just go over what they do they're kind of like like a microscope you know they allow us to look um, 
at the molecular level of a of a protein, which are you know the most important things in our bodies that carry mm-hmm. carry out all the functions, and so yeah. allow they allow us to um, make these movies of of what happens in our cells, and they're very they're very powerful because you can't really do this. Um, you can't look at proteins under um, a microscope like that in the sense of like creating that movie and really understanding, you know, the binding of things. Um, mm-hmm. And so this very, this has very wide scale applications. Um, with my interest in, in medicine, I want to long-term implement this in drug discovery and, and drug design. And there are, mm-hmm. there are many ways in which people are using these simulations to do that. Um, and so that's kind of, it's given me the opportunity. I guess this fits in with the second part of what I wanted to talk about. So it's perfect. Yeah, it's it's given me the opportunity to to establish what I want to do in the future, and to really want to really be able to one have the skill that I want to apply, and then second, mm-hmm. know what I want to apply it to. Um, and so and so, yeah. In the in the future, I really want to be able to stand at this this edge of translational medicine and, and be able to. Um, create better drugs and, and therapeutics using molecular dynamic simulations. Now, let me ask you one question before we go forward. I mean, um, you were kind of introduced to this idea of computational biophysics um, based on a chat with your um, professor in the first semester, I think you said. Um, and and, and you took to it, right? I mean, this kind of worked out really well. You didn't have to go lab to lab or try different things. Now, what do you think about this uh, that that really connected with you? I mean, how did you find that passion or discover this was what you wanted to do? Mm. Yeah, so um, so I, I knew I wanted to get into research. And I think even previous to that experience with my professor, I... I kind of just knew I, I had to get into it because I, I had another talk with uh, my advisor um, and he said, oh, like, you should really look into getting into research. So I knew I wanted to do research. And I know for a lot of undergraduates, the big question of stressful question that comes out around January is how are you going to spend your summer, you know, um, yeah, yeah. or at least for science undergraduates. I know everyone stresses out about that, myself included. Um, and so in my first year, I was really stressing out what am I going to do this summer? Also, everything is shut down because of COVID. Um, yeah. And so I actually got to experience um, a wet lab research during that first summer. And that was mm. really cool. Um, I got to do, um, you know, like protein, um, protein research, um, looking at um, like more molecular biology research, focusing yeah. on a, a protein pathway. Um, and so that was that was hands on. I liked it, um, but I also feel like there was something missing. Um, I I felt like I wasn't. I, I don't know. I don't want to say challenged because it was very challenging. Um, it was it was challenging, and maybe I was just too young and immature to be able to um, have you know the fine tuning abilities of being able to have independence with that project. I don't know whatever it was to me. Uh, hands on research just wet lab research just wasn't as exciting. I don't know why computational world just fascinated me more. Um, And so that was really, I would say a gut feeling, you know, I, I knew I liked being in the wet lab that summer. It was, it was really cool. 
Um, but I was just more excited about the computational aspect, you know? So I feel like, I don't know if, if it would be in terms of like advice or anything, I would just say, go with that gut feeling, you know, it just excited me more. I wanted to, I wanted to do computational stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so talking of research, stimulation, and interest, let's talk about the Goldwater Scholarship. Um, you know, let's start with why did you apply? Or how did you learn about it and why did you apply? Mm, yeah, so um, I think I really want to connect this question back to the, the first scholarship, and that's the, the Porter Scholarship, because I, I really see them going hand in hand. I I chose Skidmore also because um, I really could see them, you know, believing in me, believing in me as a scientist, um, because mm -hmm. that scholarship that I received, it's really a merit scholarship um, in science and mathematics. Um, mm -hmm. And another fun thing that comes with science and also with being a female scientist is imposter syndrome, which is hard to control, right? I think a lot of people have it. Um, mm -hmm. And so believing in yourself um, is really important but also having other people believe in you is really important and so Skidmore believed in me from very early on with that scholarship but they also believed in me to apply for the Goldwater scholarship and so that's how mm -hmm. I heard about it um, the office of um, scholarships no actually no it wasn't them it was my mm, no it might have been them they reached out to me through an email and they said um, you have been nominated by some faculty member in Skidmore to apply for the Goldwater Scholarship because you need to be nominated to apply by someone. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I had no idea what it was. I received that email. I was like, okay, this is cool, but what is this? <laughs> um, um, and so I think I went to, to my advisor and I asked him about it. And he was like, yeah, like this is a great thing. You should definitely apply for it. And this was as a sophomore. I received that email mm -hmm. after having had that first um, like wet lab experience yeah. and so the the thing would have been okay apply for it as a sophomore and see if you get it with that experience they had over the summer and I didn't really want to apply to it as a sophomore with that experience because I think as I mentioned to you I liked that wet lab experience um, and I thought it was a really great opportunity but it just I didn't really feel like I didn't really feel like that was it you know like that was something that I could just talk about and you know explain really well and I just really didn't feel like it was the right fit to apply to the scholarship for so um I wanted I decided to wait another year um mm -hmm. and then you know really develop the the computational research that I got into that year and then apply sure. with that and so that's exactly what I did I stayed one more year I did summer research there um and I really wanted to focus on having a good project that I that I liked that I had um, you know independent control over um, and so I applied the following year with um, my computational research and yeah that's that's how I came to applying. So what did you talk about in the application were you talking about projects you were doing or did you were you talking did you talk about something you wanted to do? Um, yeah, so you can do, I think you can do both in the application. If I okay. would have applied as a sophomore, um, I could have either talked about, this is what I kind of want to do with the computational, because I didn't have that much experience, um, versus like, 
I could have also applied, you know, with that first experience that I said I had. Um, but anyways, I didn't apply as a sophomore, so I won't talk about that. Um, I, yeah. I just applied when I applied as a junior, I applied talking about the research that I had done, um, mm-hmm. explained all of it in a research essay. And it's really, really hard to get everything that you did in the three page research essay. Let me tell you. Um, yeah. Took me about four months to be able to do that really well. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, at the end, you also have the ability to, you know, kind of talk about things you want to do in the future. And so that's one option of putting your application forward. Second option is, um, yeah, proposing a research project as well. But I didn't mm-hmm. choose to go down that route. A really the tough question. Why do you think you won the scholarship? Why were you awarded the scholarship? Hmm. Yeah, that is a, that is a tough question. Um, I, I would like to think it's because I put forth um, a strong application mm-hmm. and someone saw the effort and the time um, that went into it. Um, frankly, I, I think, yeah, I said I spent four months on it and I even had to drop a couple of things throughout the semester to really be able to dedicate myself to it. Um, and I also like to believe someone saw that promise, you know, um, in me, in the same way that someone saw the promise in, in being able to have the porter, um, mm-hmm. it's the promise that I that I can be a scientist. You know, someone someone believed in me. Um, I also saw this quote on their website when I was applying, and I can't remember who said it, but it was one of the other scholars. And someone said something along the lines of, "I don't have to be, you know, the best mathematician to be a part of the the Goldwater. I just have to be, you know, curious." Um, be able to ask the right questions and that's kind of the community that they like to foster Um, and I also like I also like that you know it's not like of course you have to be a strong scientist right but you don't have to be the best you don't have to be number one Um, and so yeah I don't know there was also something in that that stimulated me and made me really want to um, yeah apply I guess Okay, so you have the scholarship, um, and um, what kind of difference has it made, and what is it doing for you? Mm, yeah, uh, I love this question. Um, so first of all, definitely helped with imposter syndrome. Talked about it before. I think it's so important yeah. for people to talk about this openly. Like, I yeah. don't know why people don't talk about it more, but I'll talk about it. Like, it's fine. Um, yeah, it, it helped with that, you know, like, as, as I said, someone believed in me, someone saw this application, they were like, yeah, she's got something going for her. Um, she can do this. <laughs> um, and so now I believe that more, it helped me help me grow, helped me become more confident. And I like that. Um, and it also opened up more doors and opportunities in ways I didn't even imagine were possible. Like there's this huge science world out there. And now I just have access to it through a Slack channel. It's great. Um, there's this great community, you know, people talk about it. There's so many um, there's so many chats always happening on the Slack. I, I love it. Um, but it's also not just about the Slack channel, but I gotta say, I, I do like the Slack channel. Um, and, uh, yeah, in terms of, of more things, it's, it's a great, great resources. You know, people, um, are always posting, you know, different seminars that are happening, things you can find out about through them. Um, so that's also really great. It's great for meeting people. 
I also got to present at the at their annual symposium um, mm -hmm. in August. That was really cool. Mm -hmm. Got to meet, got to hear a bunch of really cool research. Um, got to meet some cool people. Also, I posted like a question on it, and now there's like this whole other channel that was created because of it, and like we're making like a study group. So I don't know, it's just like a great great community, you know. Now, has it made a difference in your educational career trajectory? How is it, um, you know, is it accelerating something? Do you feel like, um, other than the self-validation, which you talked about, which is really important, um, have you, are you seeing any signs or is it too early for that? Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to say, you know. Um, yeah. I, would, I would hope it is. Um, it's not, I, I, don't, I don't think I've put it on, on things that I've actively applied to yet. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely sure it'll make a big difference in the future. Yeah. Uh, the scholarship does also imply financial um, side to it too. And so of course yeah. that also helps uh, very, very much. Um, and so I'm also very grateful with, to that aspect of it as well. Let's get out of the classroom and academics. And um, do you have time for other kinds of campus activities um, outside of the lab and outside of the class? Oh, yay, the fun, fun stuff. Um, so, um, yeah, I do a lot of stuff outside of science. I think it's important to be able to balance all those, all those parts to yourself. And so mm -hmm. I, first big thing, I love music. Um, I'm part of orchestra. Um, I play the violin. I played mm -hmm. it since high school, um, since middle school, actually, but I was doing it through, throughout high school, too. But so I'm, I'm doing the string ensemble, the orchestra. I'm taking lessons and then I'm, I was also in some small group performances throughout my time at Skidmore. Um, so that's been really, really nice. Um, you get access to, you know, this professional, these professional musicians and I'm not a pro professional by any means, but it's just amazing to be able to play with them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was just going to also mention the, um, since Skidmore is located, you know, really close to the mountains, there's close hiking nearby. So I've gotten mm -hmm. to lead some hikes in the Adirondacks, and that's been cool. Um, mm -hmm. Also um, gotten involved with being peer health educator, which is just um, organizing and planning activities for the campus um, community, you know, alternatives to, um, like, if people don't necessarily want to spend, you know, their Friday night partying or whatever, there's, like, alternate activities. So I've been part of, like, uh, planning that as well. Um, and then had some jobs to... I tutor in biology and yeah, things like that. I want to talk about your major. Um, I believe it's biochemistry, right? Um, mm -hmm. And I know that um, you entered sort of college. Uh, I mean, thinking you wanted to be a doctor or wanting to be a doctor, is that still on track? And how did you kind of end up with or settle on or pick biochemistry? Give us a little backstory, how, how all that happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so if you would have asked me when I, when I came to college, like what my, what my major was going to be, the last thing I would have said to you was chemistry. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> the, that's like the whole truth to it. I hated chemistry with a passion. 
and I don't use hate mm. um like I don't use it all the time so I really really like, didn't like it um yeah. and I know it's I know why it's because I had I didn't have the greatest experience in high school um just didn't really learn it and so I was just perpetually confused by it so it's like why why do it um yeah. but then there's this other side to me that always gets so intrigued by things that I don't understand so I think it was you know that also part part of me that's like oh my gosh I don't understand it so I have to understand it <laughs> um yeah but another big aspect to it was um was my advisor I, I'm really really grateful to my advisor he I was kind of in between biology, I think, and um, geology at the time, because I was taking some geo classes as well. And mm -hmm. he was like, I just really could see you as a chemistry major. Um, you should think about that. Um, and I was like, okay. Like, I was smiling. I was kind. I was like, but you have no idea. Like, you don't know me, whatever. I like all this stuff. <laughs> um <laughs> But, you know, sometimes you really have to trust your professors. Sometimes the people you would not expect to have the biggest influence on you will have the biggest influence on you. Um, <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. He he saw it coming. My first year, he told me, you should look into chemistry. And I took that linear algebra, linear algebra class, which is also part of the biochem major. And mm -hmm. ever since, it just made sense. Like, I wanted, I wanted to... I wanted to take the linear algebra class. I wanted to take more um, uh, biology, chemistry, all of those, because I kind of understood from very early on um, that everything is built onto itself. You know, you can't yeah. understand chemistry. You can't understand biology without understanding chemistry. And I came into college being like, I really love biology, but how can I really understand biology if I'm in denial and if I don't under understand chemistry, you know? Um, and I mean, chemistry was a requirement. You had to take it for biology. So I had to take it anyways. Um, and after taking it, I was like, okay, it's not too bad. Now I understand it a little better. Um, <laughs> and I like the, the path that it, it led me down, you know? Um, I also think my advisor kind of sneakily told me to take linear algebra because it would fit in with the major as well. And so I don't know. Maybe it was his way of um, manipulating me into the into the chemistry major. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. I'm just kidding. But yeah, I don't know. It just kind of made the most sense. So um, I know that you said you loved math and the computational aspects really excite you. So are you looking at computation as just a tool for biochemistry? Is that kind of how you're viewing it? Um, as you look at this major? Yeah, for sure. Um, computation is, has acted as the tool that um, looks into how I can better, you know, do my research. And so in terms of like technical skills, I guess, um, coding and also getting better at Python, which is the main um, programming yeah. language that we use in my lab has been, you know, really crucial in, developing that computational aspect because um, I had only had one experience in Java from high school taking like AP computer science principles yeah. but then um, being able to get better at coding through my lab um, has been how I'm shaping that computational tool and then also learning you know the other side of that's more specific to my research with the 
molecular dynamic simulations and then some sure, other sure. computational tools that are in my lab, yeah. So um, what's next? Hmm. Yes, a question I ask myself every day. Um, so what's next right now? I, I told you, I really want to stand at the edge of, uh, medicine and research. And Mm -hmm. so, um, I'm hoping to pursue, um, something of along the lines of an MD PhD. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, that's, that's my goal. I know it's, and it's a big goal, but, um, I can dream big. I've done it before. I can still dream big. Um, of course. That's that's on on my plate. Also, senior senior year, have to finish uh, undergrad. Um, hard hardier coming coming now. It's it's going to be a lot of physical chemistry this semester, so that's exciting. Finishing mm-hmm. up my senior thesis in the spring, also exciting. Um, so yeah, graduation and then hopefully. MD PhD programs if they accept me. Please accept me. Now, are you done with your MCAT or is that? Um, that's coming up um, at the end of this year. So, okay. Almost okay. done with so, it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I'm sure you'll do well. Good luck with um, all the things you're thinking. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure it'll all work out. Thank you. So let's say to um, a little bit of advice for all the high schoolers out there. Um, as you look back at your own journey through college and high school and college, what would you tell them about college? What would you, uh, you know, what would your advice or guidance be at this point? Mm, yeah, there's so many. There's so many things I wish I could have told myself if I could meet myself if I could meet my younger self and the first thing I would tell myself would be to not stress out so much. It's really not worth it. I remember the many sleepless nights um, in call in high school where I was wondering, you know, what's going to become of me? Where am I going to go to college? What am I going to do with my life? Um, And then, you know, I would, I was, I was more worried about um, also, you know, things like prestige of the school and, things like that because of um, like the town that I was in, like a lot of people yeah. in my town are very competitive and everyone, you know, everyone's kind of gatekeepy about college and things like that. And I kind of yeah. got into the mindset of that. It's really easy to get into the mindset of that. The competition in my school was ruthless. People wouldn't yeah. even tell each other, you know, where they applied and things like that. And I think someone even said um, to someone once that, you can't apply to the school because it's my school. So it's a really toxic environment <laughs> and it's hard to not get caught up in it, you know? Um, yeah. But I would say to people who maybe are in that environment that it doesn't so much matter like where you go. And I would be more worried about you if you got into a great school, but if you don't have, you know, any drive or motivation to to do anything, you know, I think it more matters like what your passion is and then establish which institutions are able are going to be able to to nurture that passion. Um, mm-hmm. 
mine was pretty broad. You know, I liked science, but I also said I liked music and art and I don't know, photography, all these things. So I wanted to keep all those doors open and, and doing so establishing an institution like the one that I go to now um, is able to enable all, all those interests. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're going to start winding down, um, Adriana, and I thought maybe you have some interesting memory or a fond memory or anecdote or vignette from your undergraduate years that you might want to share. Yeah. Um, like, should I make it science related or like fun? Up to you. It's up to you. So whatever you want, whatever, whatever um, you think is a memory that you cherish. Okay. All right. Um, I'll choose a good one. So at my school, people don't line up for things like football games. Um, mm-hmm. We line up for the art museum. <laughs> and what do I mean by this? So my school each year, the art museum at my school does this one thing where you can take um, home to like your apartment or like wherever you live in the dorm, you get take home an art piece that usually like is a part of the museum, which is so yeah. cool. Um, the art museum at my school is called the Tang Tang Art Museum. And so <laughs> my friends and I uh, last year got to line up the night before we camped out in front of the museum because we really wanted to get access to a Matisse, mm-hmm. a Picasso, um wow. a moreau and then mm-hmm. yeah we really wanted those three art pieces and so we lined up the night before we we camped out there and the next day we were able to get those art pieces and also live with them for a semester and so that was that was really cool i had to i had a picasso in my house who has a picasso in, in their house picasso that's awesome, however you pronounce awesome. that <laughs> Picasso, that's the way I've heard it, but it's awesome. I mean, first of all, I think it's a great program or a great initiative and it's really wonderful. Adriana, I think you have a truly inspiring story, a um, lot of energy, a lot of passion, a lot of excitement, and I wish you all the best as you go forward. And uh, I want to say thank you right now, and I'm sure we'll talk again. Thank Take you. care, be safe. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me on the podcast. And good luck to everyone out there. Thank you on their behalf. And I will talk to you soon. All right. Talk soon. Bye. 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 Hi again. Hope you enjoyed our podcast on Adriana Quibus's undergraduate journey at Skidmore. At Skidmore, Adriana got a chance to pursue her love for the sciences, researching in a wet lab and in computational biophysics. She found the computational world far more exciting. Winning the Goldwater Scholarship was a validation of her research skills, and she liked this feeling of newfound confidence. It has also provided her access to a community of science scholars and new opportunities. I hope Adriana's experience inspires you as you prepare for your own undergraduate journey. For your questions or comments on this podcast, please email podcast at almamatters.io. Thank you all so much. 
for listening to our podcast today. Transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io forward slash podcasts. To stay connected with us, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or visit anchor.fm forward slash almamatters to check us out. Till we meet again, take care and be safe. Thank you. College Matters. Alma Alma matters. Matters.